Hello, and welcome to the Travel Japan with Wes Mather podcast. In this series, we explore living, working, studying, and of course, traveling in Japan. I hope to inform you on how to travel smart, safe, and with confidence, all while hopefully having an amazing time abroad. Everything you hear will be based off of my personal experiences, research, and experiences of others that I know. I'm your host, Wes Mather, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening, and now let's begin. Hello and welcome to Season 1, Episode 6 of the Travel Japan with Wes Method Podcast. Joining me today is my co-host, Brandon Bates, and we are today going to talk about our New Year's Eve、um, events and New Year's Day events in Japan. But before that, once again, we're going to get into our first segment, which is the news. How are you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing pretty good, man. Looking forward to a new year. I think everyone That's is. That's right.、I、yeah, 2021. <laughs> Let's leave 2020 in the dust. <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me. No joke there. Universal. But yeah, man, we got, some, we got some pretty exciting stuff to talk about、um, that's coming up、oh, here、yeah. in the news, though. That's for sure. Absolutely. Looks、uh-huh. like 2021's already got some favors coming. so. Oh, yeah, exactly. And、uh, our topic that we have、uh, covered before on the new segment, jumping right into it, is space and、uh, the Japanese space programs.、Oh, This、yeah. is an interesting one that definitely caught me off guard. And as soon as 2023. Um, to cut down on space junk, Japan is planning to make satellites out of wood, which is a material that I never have thought of when I think of、uh, sci fi stuff or the creation、Just、of space.、Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've never seen a wood stru- wooden structure in space. And when I definitely think of the future of space travel, that is not an image I have. In fact, it's an image I'm having a difficult time conjuring up. However,、uh, Takao Doi from、uh, Kyoto University, which is the second most prominent university in all of Japan,、uh, spoke with a.、Uh, BBC reporters saying that to reduce the projected massive amount of space debris, that could potentially create a lot of micro, I guess, debris within the atmosphere when it breaks through the atmosphere and disintegrates. They are going to make things out of wood, which will, upon disintegration, just burn up and not be little、uh, particles of aluminum and particles of Yeah, man. I think、like、we discussed that last time we were talking about space、uh-huh. trying to, or Japan trying to clean up space in one of the previous episodes. Yes. And- yeah, exactly. We discussed how you and I wanted to do some research as to what, like, even the burn off、uh-huh. of it coming back into the atmosphere, coming back into,、yeah. you know, re entry. Like, well,、uh-huh. what's burning off and what's getting into our, what's being put into our air, our atmosphere from the burn off. Absolutely. From those. So, wood probably wouldn't do much, you know? It'd probably be great.、Uh-huh. According to, to the scientists, that would be the, the case. So, applause again for、uh, Japan thinking into space debris cleanup. And that basically covers it. This is a pretty straightforward one. They、uh, plan to implement that by 2023, which seems fairly soon. Yeah, man, very soon.、I'm, 2023 is going to be、uh, quite a year, man. I think that they have a lot of things planned for space exploration and opportunities in Japan and in America with NASA and SpaceX、um, within the next few years. I'm really excited about that. What's going to be going on with, because、uh, space travel was dead for a while. You know what I mean? Just、mm. exploration was dead. And、yeah. then out of nowhere, everyone wants to jump back on it. So I'm really excited, man. Uh-huh. Uh, we got、Symphony、another space、uh, news topic that we can throw together real、that、quick. And it,、uh, I guess the、uh, Hayabusa mission, or Hayabusa 2 mission that launched back in 2014 uh-huh. Uh-huh. from. Uh, Japan sent this satellite out to meet up with the、uh, Ryugu 
uh-huh. um, ast- asteroid, and they wanted to collect some samples from it, and it's a, it was a success. Uh, made it to the asteroid in Very 2018, nice. so after four years of uh, making its way over there, or at least waiting mm-hmm. for it to get close enough to us, I'm assuming, because it only took one year for it, or two years for it to make it back to us. Uh-huh. But yeah, four years of travel, finally got to the asteroid, landed successfully. They've even got videos and some photos Amazing. of the actual landing and the mechanism that collected the rocks and then they brought it back and yeah they got roughly i think it's like five square centimeters worth of gravel that from this asteroid that they broke up and brought back which doesn't seem like a lot to most people but that's an insane amount of cargo to bring back from space so yeah yeah man I i'm really excited to see if they is. discover anything different or new about space and the universe and where we come from and all that stuff man just yeah from rocks. as am i yeah and again this is always exciting news for me without a doubt and uh the video is actually stunning too it's just really crazy to think that that is planned and physics kind of like project how this thing will essentially land just millions of miles away and that's and punch Lucky. a hole in a giant rock and grab some of it and take it grab rocks it. and bring it back yeah <laughs> right millions i don't know if it's millions of miles don't quote me on that but a lot of far away very far away yeah <laughs> i mean to take four years of travel you can only imagine yeah. that it, it it was out there That's for well a minute cool. yeah yeah very true heck yeah all right so next uh thing we have with news is actually a very serious topic um, but definitely something that is worth touching upon, and that is uh, Japanese schools teach how to prevent sex crimes in Japan. Mm-hmm. This is a topic that has actually not had much coverage in Japanese educational system. However, uh, new Japanese education ministry is planning to introduce school classes designed to t- teach um, younger children about how to prevent sex crime, and um, especially younger children how to even recognize that they may be a victim of uh, a sex crime. And I think this is a very valuable thing for society to do and Absolutely. especially uh a lot more focus on education in how to prevent uh how to avoid being a victim of a sexual crime as well as how to avoid being a an abuser so i think that's a fantastic thing to do um yeah, and i think absolutely. that's mm-hmm. and it also says here that it's going to teach you about the dangers related to social media which is also yeah. very crucial and very important as well it's not just people that they're these kids are have to interact with day to day or even uh, just in uh, person so yeah 100 percent. understanding how to for the kids to be safe online is just as important as yeah very true stay safe off and that, uh, you know in person so without a doubt and uh it brings up a great point that um it, this changes things change uh with technology and everything so the education system does have to keep evolving and changing with that too and this has already been implemented in training with teachers and it should be a uh, a nationwide part of the curic- curriculum uh, as early as 2023. Which I think is it's something I that should be implemented in uh, American schools as well. But America is not really mm-hmm. good at uh, really changing much about their public school systems and how they, mm-hmm. you know, they don't really integrate important things that about the changes that are happening in the world like japan does with a lot of their schools and yeah i'd yeah. love to see this implemented into american schools i think it's there very to be very important for kids to learn about this stuff yeah 100 so. percent. uh-huh 
Yeah, and um, I think they have a lot of tactics here. They say they're teaching about uh, defense as well as how to be mindful if you are even subconsciously contributing to be to a, an abusive atmosphere and a lot more kind of like subtle things that will essentially lead to further gener future generations being much more aware of these issues. So that I is, think that's fantastic and a positive change for the future. That is great too, because if you also think about it, uh, Wes, mm -hmm. in Japan, it's more common to see kids running around on their own without their parents. Uh, once they get to a certain age, the t parents want so. them to learn how to be on their own. They want them to essentially, you know, go down a couple blocks to a store, buy something for their parents. It's usually how it starts, you know, and then bring it back home Absolutely. without yeah. anybody. Uh -huh. And I'm talking kids at the age of like five, six, seven years old. Yeah. Walking true. the streets on their own without any adult supervision. So this is uh -huh. this takes it to another level of allowing kids to be able to prepare themselves for anything 300 percent. yeah yeah i'm all about that so applause and i i can't wait for that to be implemented which is uh beginning the training is beginning uh, this april and again yeah implementation should be done in 20 as early as 2023 and i think that basically wraps that up what do you have mm -hmm. next for us brandon uh looks like we have a uh, japan's number one cosplayer uh inako she has some heated debate going on right now after it was revealed how much she made in the year of tw uh, 2020, which I think is ridiculous. I'm, I'm never a huge fan yeah. of discussing or reading even topics about celebrities and what's going on with them. But this girl's mm -hmm. not really a celebrity. She, and she is in the eyes of some people, but she mm -hmm. is an internet personality. She does cosplay. She does a lot of photography shoots, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, she made roughly 50 million yen last year which is about 400,000 in US dollars which is mm -hmm. actually surprisingly a lot especially yeah. doing what she does for sure in J in Japanese culture M most people were yeah. mind blown Absolutely. by how much she made doing uh -huh. just cosplay yeah but to be fair i can care less about what people think about her let her uh -huh. good for her High five. 100%. Yeah. Big hug from me. Uh, I praise you for right. your success. No, uh, I think so too. The sacrifices that she made to get uh -huh. to where she is and the networking 100%. she had to have done. What do you think, Wes? Yeah, this behind is, this you 100% is just a on subject that. that uh, uh -huh. I think the fact that uh, there has been so much backlash about her announcing that she's uh, had a profitable year when so many have not had a profitable year is just kind of people getting used to the normalization of such negative news and then having some positive news, even if it is personal positive news within that seem inappropriate. But this is somebody that, you know, devoted their life to entertainment and making other people smile and happy. So if they found a way to beat a negative year, uh, negative um, uh, economy, then all power to them. I think it should be a source of inspiration as opposed to a source of, like, I don't know, controversy. Yeah, because you got to like, think. You know, like, you can do, yeah, you can do what you in, love and make Japan, people happy. probably half it. of that went to taxes anyways, you know? <laughs> Very true. Honestly. Uh -huh. Like, you're you're mad that she made about 50 million yen, but let's be honest, she probably made about 20, 25 million yen to take home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, good for her. Um, Absolutely. Proud Applause of her. All around. Points I, I don't know much about her or her career, but seeing this in the news made me just want to say good for you i'm proud of you right yeah i don't exactly know yet that. but i'm proud of you for your success and again uh, anyone that thinks otherwise can yeah I yeah and again this words. is uh cosplayer <laughs> inako 
It doesn't give like a, a last name. It just says Japan's number one cosplayer, Yunako. This is not someone I, I have actually been familiar with. However, I sure as heck will be now. Yeah. Anyway, so a final topic. Uh, something very close to home or my adopted home, hope to hopefully to be. Uh, okonomiyaki, which is a popular food in uh, western Japan, uh, Osaka. Is a, if you're not familiar, sort of like a uh, savory pancake, um, oftentimes with a, a shrimp or seafood flavor or chicken flavor, and with a mayonnaise and a very savory sauce. Uh, it's very hard to explain, and trust me, it's much more delicious than my explanation or description makes it sound. And I am very yeah, much it's got like, fan. It's got like egg and like tempura and stuff in it too, yes. right? Mm, yeah, it does, so uh, and it can have any mixture of those things. Anyway, uh, it is something that has been made into a pizza by Shakey's. Uh, Shakey's yes. being an American company, if you guys do not know, Shakey's does also exist in Japan. Uh, and they have made okonomiyaki, which is a traditional Japanese, Osaka Japanese food, into a pizza. And that is the news, that's it. It looks it uh, looks like a meal looks and so a half. Good. It looks, looks so delicious. good. Here we yeah. are on pizza news again, and... Uh, welcome back to Japanese pizza welcome news. Welcome to Japanese pizza news and okonomiyaki uh-huh. uh, pizza. It, it, lo- it just looks so good. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to post this on the Discord uh, for everyone right? to see. Yeah. It looks so good. Mm-hmm. So, But yeah, I think that's it for the news today, man. That is. That covers it. And um, yeah, you know, we didn't really focus on any of the negative, like the COVID things, because we've touched upon that before. And, you know, we want to just end the year with things that aren't COVID news, but not much has changed and now we're just going to talk about uh some new year's things in japan and uh some of my experiences here and um yeah and uh and then go back into some words of the day too with what brandon has been studying so essentially uh new year's and new year's new year's eve news today here uh new year's eve is actually fairly similar to what i've experienced in america which is kind of going out with friends staying up until midnight and then uh you know the countdown so that has essentially, I don't know if it's been exactly adopted from the West, but it is celebrated the same way. And then New Year's Day is a very different celebration, very much revolving around family in one's community, visiting one's shri- uh, community shrine, uh, cleaning one's house with one's family to start the new year in a clean environment, and um, having a very traditional Japanese dinner with one's family. So, but how is, I've actually, for how do people usually celebrate New Year's Year in America? I mean, I know this. I'm an American, honestly, but Brandon, they, what's your image? Honestly, man, for me personally, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I typically would go over to one of my closest friends' house. Sometimes they'll come over to mine, but it's usually his uh-huh. house. He just yeah. loves to be the host for New Year's. Yeah, yeah, everyone brings a drink of their choice, you know, BYOB, Fantastic. and you put on the ball drop on the TV while everyone just socializes and plays card games. And uh, I remember two years ago my we were at my friend's house and he had recently purchased those really big uh jenga blocks the ones that are like oh as t- yeah the jenga that's as tall as you those are fantastic and are we cool. played jenga all night until the ball dropped and then drank champagne awesome popped the uh confetti and oh, yeah stayed at his house for the night everyone he has he's accommodates plenty of room for people that because he, he doesn't invite a lot of people it's just uh-huh, close friends uh-huh. and and then next day, we usually go out for brunch. So that's typically yeah. New Year's in my eyes. That sounds good to me. That sounds fairly f- similar to how my family and I celebrated New Year's back in the day here. Um, I think 
the main difference. So the biggest thing here would be the temple visit, I think. Um, so usually it's a temple that a lot of times um, college students will go back to their hometown for New Year's. Mm. And uh, they go with their family to a shrine. However, that's not always the case. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Sometimes people have to work around New Year's. And uh, my first New Year's in Japan, um, we went to the city nearby and we went to a nightclub for the countdown, which was very fun, you know, very festive. Of course, the uh, club went all out to make sure it was a very vibrant countdown. But the thing that was different after that, uh, after, you know, essentially the ball drops, is most people left the club and they went to temples and shrines around the city, which there are a lot of. And they were crowded, definitely. Um, hope, definitely not something that's going to be happening this year with COVID. But, yeah. you know, people were lining up at the shrine. And what you do, essentially, is you give a small offering. This is not... I mean, it does stem from a, a Taoist and Buddhist religious culture and custom. However, um, most of my friends are outspoken, uh, are very much not religious. Um, at least not in any sort of uh, traditional sense of the word. Mm -hmm. But they... Sorry, not in any spiritual sense of the word. However, they do feel like traditionally it's a fantastic thing to do. And they feel like upholding the tradition does like have them start their new year with some mental clarity. So you give an offering of usually five yen uh, to the god. But in reality, that offering helps, uh, you know, support the people that clean and clean and take care of the shrine. And then you clap your hands once. Then you bow, clap your hands two times. And then uh, you... Usually in your mind, you make a wish for the new year, which you want for the new year to happen. Yeah. And then you just uh, clear the space for the next person to come up and do the same thing to uh, at the I shrine. guess in America, the closest thing to that is like a New Year's resolution, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. And I don't know if they, they have those. I've asked my friends in Japan. I don't think they actually have that so much in Japan. I think the prayer thing, the wish at the shrine is very similar. But I could be wrong. I know I've had this conversation with people here. The idea exists, but I don't think it's as much as a a cultural norm. Yeah, I think everyone just wants to do better or be, find themselves, like, think of themselves as this year will be my year. You know, this year will be different than the mm -hmm. last. I will do better this year than the previous, in a way. Mm. Um, in, a, yeah. in my eyes, that's just a resolution in itself. It doesn't necessarily mean... Because Americans, we're, we're, we're kind of uh, blunt about what it is. Like, oh, my oh. New Year's resolution is I want to quit smoking or I want to quit drinking. That's or a very I wanna, good point. Yeah. Uh, I want to, you know, quit playing too many video games or I want to, you know, uh -huh. make more money, whatever it is. Yeah. But that's no different than, in my opinion, making a wish or just even silently telling yourself when you're praying at a shrine that uh, yeah. the next year will be different and it will be better. So. Yeah, I think so too. Absolutely. And They're I just think not there is boasting about it like mm. Americans do. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. That's very yeah. true. And I mean, that does come down to like just every year at the gym. Uh, January, the gym is packed. February, not so much. <laughs> March, it's back to normal. And I mean, that's not a criticism on people. I'm part of that, you know, group that clears out I'm after guilty. January. Been Everyone's there, done involved. that. Yeah, without a doubt, true. But I think something that it is internalized more and the fact that it's not so much, well, hmm. I think like the fact that you do have that custom does kind of clarify and solidify your wish uh, within you, your goal and your wish. And I do think vocalizing that too does help. However, I think if you clarify it within yourself, you do can, 
It leads to taking more uh In my opinion steps. and in my experience, if I want to be successful at anything, one specific thing, I have yeah. to remind myself and write it down every single day. I love that. Yeah. And then exactly. throw it in the trash. Write it down okay. every every morning if I uh-huh. have a goal, I'll write down yeah. my goals and then I will throw it in the trash. But I'll also while I'm writing it, repeat it in my head mm. over and over and over again. Mm. Like uh, a mantra. The, until yeah, a, until I achieve one goal at a time and then I notice that my list gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Oh, that's but well, I'm cool. not I carrying like around my list with me on my shoulders all day. I'm not having reminders mm. pop up on my phone to work on those goals. Uh-huh. I tell myself, and I'm feeding my subconscious mind, that that goal needs to be tended to. But it's only long-term goals that I really do that with. You know, that's Because very... if you feel mm. like – if you see a pop-up every day, then you feel pressured and you push it back. That's but... true. Yeah. And I think pressure is a huge mental barrier that kind of does – almost uh, is counterproductive because I think a huge barrier to starting a task is just knowing internally that it's such a monumental thing to start for m- many tasks actually, or for mm-hmm. unpleasant tasks. And the fact that you, I like that uh, approach a lot actually, because I know myself personally, I have endless lists of things to do and I usually make them at the beginning of the day. And then by the end of the day, you know, not all of them are often done. And I even have things on there like do laundry and, you know, of course, I do the easier ones first, and I have read books about doing the most uh, monumental and difficult tasks first. However, it's yeah. It's oh yeah, you're supposed you're supposed to eat the frog character. in the morning. I believe is what they say, I right? Like, yeah, eat I, the I frog in the morning. That is the term. Uh huh. Absolutely. Yeah. Because if you if you could take on the most difficult task of your day before any other task of the day, then everything uh-huh. else is just a breeze, right? Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. I took that mentality to heart whenever I was in college and oh that's huge that's fantastic i would think to myself oh i know this project is going to be the hardest one so i'm just going to tackle this now and just get it no, out I'm of for that yeah and yeah i think honestly too is we tend to give ourselves too many tasks than we could technically manage every single day in mm-hmm. most cases people who are trying to be productive with their lives and yeah you know uh make those changes for their long-term goals and uh-huh. I think that people also need to understand that it's okay if you don't get to it every single day. Oh, certainly, yeah. And for me, it is very easy to underestimate a task, too. Um, the time it will take for a task's completion. And oh, yeah, we do it all the time, you and I. We've we've yeah, uh, right. wanted to do 45-minute sessions on our podcast. Yeah. Turns no into joke. three and a half hours, and then we uh, we'll yeah. cut some of it back yeah, if we have to because we just won't stop <laughs> talking. <laughs> there we go. And speaking of which... The next Japanese tradition um, <laughs> for uh, New Year's after you do the shrine praying, that would, um, let's see. So after the shrine, generally you go with your family or with a close group of friends. And um, cleaning of the house is important or cleaning of your apartment. It's great to start the New Year with a fresh environment. Uh, that does also lead to like um, Buddhist theme- themes of cleanliness and simplicity. But the main thing is the traditional Japanese dinner uh, called osechi. And that is oftentimes a wide variety of foods, often in smaller proportions, such things as like mochi or fried potatoes or a um, variety of seafoods and things like that or tapioca, which um, are delicious. But uh, oftentimes a lot of things that I have never had in other elements of Japanese food. And I was lucky enough to be invited out with uh, a Japanese friend of mine on my first New Year's Eve 
starting my first New Year's Day in Japan to uh, enjoy New Year's dinner with his family. So I got to experience Osechi with them and uh, the parents and the uh, siblings cooked an amazing dinner. And that was an experience like nothing else. So I was happy about that. And it's a very um, elegantly presented food too. The presentation, is, there's a lot of effort put into the presentation. And I think that makes the whole eating of it much more social. And a big, um, a big process of that too is uh, the conversation around it. The conversation is very goal-oriented conversation. It's very uh, reflective of the past year, and it's very um, like pros and cons of this past year, reflecting on the uh, the negatives and how they could be elaborated on. And again, I don't, I'm not sure if this is actually Japanese culture. This is my experience within Japan, uh, experiencing New Year's. Um, I know Osechi is the the dinner element, but the conversation, I'm not exactly sure. But I believe... Um, I can't believe yeah. it would be much different for any other family then, you know? Honestly, yeah. it's, it's uh-huh. not much different than how it's done here when you have New Year's with your family. Everyone wants to just talk about their future goals. and. You know. Yeah, I'd say so. But it was an amazing experience, especially because the holiday seasons, I am more than other times in uh, homesick, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because of like social media does contribute to that, like seeing a lot of friends and family back home posting with their family. And... um things like that and especially my first uh holiday in japan i was a bit panicked because i did not like the image of myself sitting alone in my apartment on new year's or christmas kind of just like watching youtube or something so i did feel very blessed the second that my friends invited me out to do things with them and um especially that they invited me to their family's home this was a pretty good friend of mine at the time but i mean only for a couple months like they i could have been anybody and it was cool to invite like uh, a strange, not a stranger, but like a new friend uh, from a completely different culture to go and interact uh, with their family. I like were a special really time for the family to have too. There too. They were so they were so welcoming. They were so kind. My Japanese at the time was it was good enough to get by and have a conversation after about half a year, um, but it by no means was it fluent or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, they were welcoming. They were patient. Uh, they were very like joking and fun too, which was cool. Like it didn't. Like, three seconds in, they were, like, making jokes and making me not feel nervous, which was cool. And, like, uh, the little siblings were, like, trying to, like, throw stuffed animals, stuffed animals at me and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> Kids. Just, like, yeah. And they were really... I have a lot of respect for this family. Uh, they have a rare amount of uh, kids for a Japanese family, which is four. My friend... Wow. Uh, my friend, I'm not going to drop names here. I think I did in the TikTok, but it doesn't matter too much. He's the oldest sibling. Uh, I met him through my the Kaon Circle, which is the live the live music uh, circle. Circle means club in Japan, Japanese, basically, like uh, the music club. So we uh, played music together in the school club, uh, the school music club, and we got close there. And I think because we both really enjoyed music, possibly our friendship was perpetuated because of that common interest and because we did uh, kind of work hard together to learn songs together. So that could have been uh, an element of that. But um, yeah, uh, I have respect for this family because they, the parents do, one does work at a factory and the other works at the supermarket. So two jobs that essentially are not, um, definitely in America, they would not be jobs that would be able to put four kids through college. However, that is exactly what they did. They, without loans, uh, put four uh, kids through college working mid-level jobs. And that was a fantastic I think microcosm of how accessible Man, uh, higher education discipline is. Discipline on your finances to be able to achieve I think a goal so. like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it also spoke to me how accessible 
because Japanese higher education here is, or in Japan, higher education is much more affordable. So that's part of it too. But then again, the discipline too of everyone living in a more modest, they live in a, an apartment complex too. So a, a fairly minimalistic area, which is wild cool. And it was the most like welcoming, uh, comfortable setup ever. And I just felt so at home and I was so happy that New Year's. I know so what you mean, by the picture. way, about mm-hmm. like going somewhere new during the holidays. Uh, I don't know if uh, this yeah. has been mentioned much, but I, I have worked roughly eight winter seasons on uh, yeah. a variety of ski resorts. But yeah. I remember my first holiday season. Uh-huh. You know, when you're working on a ski resort, you're usually working on the holidays too. You know, because yeah. you're trying uh-huh. to better the Christmas experience for the tourists that come to, you know, Winter Wonderland, the ski resort in which you reside. Yeah, so absolutely. They typically call the week of Christmas and New Year's Hell Week because everyone's working 14 <laughs> hours a day, six to seven days that entire week, and that's, that's when wild. most of the that's when occupancy on the mountains usually at 100 percent. The most tourists ah. are there, and sounds about yada right. yada. And everyone uh-huh. wants to work those days because that's when you get your tips and all that stuff, the best of the whole season. But at the same time, you're working christmas day you see everyone around you that are families visiting for mm. the holidays as a hu- mm. as, you know as a family for the holidays yeah and you're serving tables to all of these groups of people that are families and you, you just miss your family and i remember yeah. that first year it was really rough for me and uh it was kind of cool man. for sure That's like on new year's whenever i got off work really late but the ball hasn't uh-huh. dropped yet and i got invited out with a bunch of uh just locals just um locals and just other employees you know everyone's having their own little house party <laughs> and i yeah. didn't know anybody i didn't know a single person but i still went uh-huh. someone was like That's hey man, man i see you working here all the time do you want to go to a party i was like yeah heck yeah so i went <laughs> right? to a party exactly like it was small a blast. Intense... Mm-hmm. yeah uh uh-huh. small but... um just shows of people being welcoming during the season i think are more I think because uh, they are know. going through the same thing uh, or mm, understand or they might yeah. even understand what you're going through, that you are alone this holiday season uh-huh. and they want you to not feel like you're alone. Yeah, so. I get that. 100% I do. Yeah, that's great. Especially for a new year. I think everybody in this whole world wants to spend their New Year's with their family or loved one. So. Yeah, or doing something meaningful, I think. Mm-hmm. And this goes out to anybody this year could be specifically prevalent because many people can't be doing what they want to do or yeah. can't be with who they want to be this year because of, you know, pandemic restrictions and safety. So shout we out to you Zoom. for that way. We yeah, got exactly. Google Hangouts. We got everything uh-huh. nowadays to yeah. make it happen for our uh, visiting or having family visit you, but over the internet. Just keep that in mind. Yeah, face to uh-huh. FaceTime your mom. <laughs> exactly, flexibility is key with these holiday situations. And um, I did spend one Christmas uh, Eve alone, my first Christmas Eve here alone, for a little bit. I did go out to a club by myself, but that doesn't matter so much. Uh, but yeah, it was not like the coolest thing. But I did the same thing. I did I FaceTime my family here just because I was in a new city where I didn't know anybody, and um, it was fine. That's honestly a good memory. So. Shout out to anybody that like has a rough holiday season this year because of COVID. They can't really, they're kind of isolated. Uh, things will probably be changing up and the new year. So points for that. We all and, go uh, through it once. Absolutely. And uh, Brandon, do you have any New Year's resolutions? 
do I have any New Year's resolutions? Um, That's right. Honestly, my New Year's resolution is primarily uh, a couple of different things, but uh-huh. the the biggest thing is to uh, study my Japanese a little bit Woo, more, fish, yes, more efficiently that. than I did this last year. I, I mean, I, I only started yeah. practicing in August. I uh-huh. started learning in August, and it was the end of August. That's phenomenal. I know because it was my girlfriend's birthday, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we were talking about it, and I was like, yeah, I mean, the only way I'm going to do it is if I just do it, so... I started downloading different apps and started practicing and talking That's to right. people who had the same interest in learning Japanese language. But at the same uh-huh. time, I think I've gotten to the point now uh-huh. because of my interest in learning that yeah. I understand the technique in which I want to learn Japanese language. Oh, due okay. To, so due to me wanting to take the interest in Japanese culture and language a little bit yeah. more seriously allowed me to network with people like Brett Williams, who uh-huh, uh-huh. hopefully we will have on uh, here very soon. Uh, his yeah. method of language learning is very efficient, and I've been thinking I'm going to take his method of language learning and apply it to myself much more seriously for 2021. So. That's fantastic, and that's so true, too. I often do say that I think the best... The most key element of learning a new language, or for me at least, was uh, repetition and discipline. So that would just mean essentially putting time in daily. However, the method too is so key. And I kind of took that for granted because I was in classes during that time. And I had, I did have a structure given to me by teachers who have studied the best way of learning a new language, you know, for, for years. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just repetition. If I knew I put in at least like hour, a couple, this many hours a day, uh, following this plan, uh, I would get it down. However, I did neglect to realize that the plan you do follow is so key. And um, that is something that I am so, you know, I have so much respect for the the way and the method of internalizing a new language. So points for finding, first of all, the motivation and the drive to pursue that. That's mad respect to that. And also connecting with people that can, uh, you can discuss the best ways to learn a new language. With. I mean, it's honestly, cool. due to my... Uh, me taking studying Japanese language more seriously as uh-huh. of August, it's yeah. given me the opportunity to meet you. It's given me the opportunity to right. Look at that, no joke. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it's. I know it's been a very short time that we've known each other. I feel like we're really close it's friends now, hell. especially as Dude, much 300%, as hundred percent. Right, we talked um, over the last few yeah. months. But yeah, it's crazy more with you than probably anybody else. <laughs> I will say though, <laughs> I am slightly envious of you when it comes to mm. the fact that you have, uh, mm. since you are living in Japan, you yes. have the opportunity of your uh, listening and oh uh, yeah and uh-huh. speaking uh, skills. You get to practice those more. Yeah. Uh-huh. Unfortunately for me, I don't have that luxury, and I'm just trying to so learn key. all the words and all uh-huh. of the. Um, reading and writing but i feel yeah. like those things are more just as important but just like uh-huh. I, i'm trying to think of learning a language like a child you exactly. hear you, you hear your key. parents speak first before you learn to read and uh-huh. write yeah and i feel like that's really important so i do try to go to again, this japanese marketplace nearby called tensuke and columbus and yeah. I, I try, even though I'm only shopping for like three or four things, I like to stay there mm-hmm. a little while just to like listen to native Japanese people speaking awesome. Japanese to their friends and such while they're oh, there. Oh, yeah? 
There it yeah. is, active listening. Yeah, that is that is it. That's the process of listening to something, and then getting used to the process of mentally men, mentally uh, dividing which words are what within uh, just a string of syllables, and that is huge. And I do take yeah, I do uh, I do agree that a sole reason I can do that now is because of full immersion that I was learning Japanese while living here in Japan. And um, I actually the other day I was kind of bored and I downloaded uh, Duolingo the the Japanese learning language app on my phone mm-hmm. and I so they have like the first thing first of all I think it's a fantastic app and it's free without ads as far as I could tell I heard Busu is also really good as a Japanese language learning app however I downloaded Busu also and they asked right off the bat if I wanted to pay for a free trial I thought I would yeah. forget about it so I said no anyway so um I took a, the placement test because they ask you in uh Duolingo are you beginning or have you studied some before? I took the placement test. I was happy. I placed very, fairly high on the placement test. But then they give you like quizzes and stuff. And it's actually so much fun for me. Um, and they have listening elements too. But I did best even on like the very difficult parts. Which actually I was surprised. There was a lot I didn't know about um, grammar things that I can listen to. And I can tell what's right and wrong. But I don't know why. But the listening parts I got down just because I'm here I think. Yeah, and man. I've been using really cool. something called Midori, which gives you yeah. a lesson and then asks you questions afterwards. That's really nice. Oh, that's fantastic. Midori Japanese. Thank and you. they mostly go they they mostly touch up on grammar unlike oh, any awesome. other teaching application that I've gone through. So I know what you mean like yeah, it's really cool mm-hmm. whenever you get to learn grammar aspects that you just weren't aware of from the other Yeah. because like, I use Duolingo too and uh-huh. uh, there's times I, I don't use Duolingo as much as I use Drops to learn words, but nice. I, I will say though, it's yeah, you do get a uh, computer animated voice to pronunciate some of these words. But let's be oh. honest, Wes, if you, with you being around your friends, practicing your Japanese, yeah. doesn't it just way. feel great to have them correct you all the time? It does, and I swear you have to get to a point where like they feel cool, like comfortable enough to correct you. Um, and it, at first it felt like kind of demeaning, like, oh, okay, dang, I thought I was better at Japanese than this. But then, <laughs> like, if someone corrects you, like, and you think you're being clever, you're going to remember that, I, I promise. You're not going to yeah. make that mistake a second time, so it's fantastic. And, um, yeah, it's a great, yeah, w- it's, I love it's, it. It's one of the best ways to learn is to actually, speaking to someone yeah. who speaks it daily their whole life, you know. Yeah, it's fantastic. Hearing them it. say it back to you, so you're like, oh, I did pronounce that wrong you you, you say yeah. it just a little different uh-huh. than how Was that you about? know duolingo pronounces it as an animated character <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're not wrong i think there's no substitution for any kind of immersion with a learning a new language and do we want to try um i think we could just end this segment on new year's and go right into uh, our japanese words of the week yeah with, go from uh, language to language you... <laughs> right yeah there we go uh-huh and uh for listeners that are not familiar, this is a segment which we will cover um, for anyone trying to learn Japanese themselves. Words that we feel are pertinent to the subject matter we have covered in this week's episode, as well as uh, any sort of words or grammar that Brandon has been learning in this past week. So, let's see. Um, let's start with New Year's. New Year's is Shinnen. Uh, shinnen. That's basically it. And uh, what else do we have? What is the um, 
So, what did you say the act was when they go to the temple for New Year's? Oh, um... Or when they go to the shrines? Uh, I don't know. So, shrine is Oteda. Uh, Oteda. Mm -hmm. uh, shrine... Um, I don't know the actual, like, word, or if there is one. I'm sure there is one for, like, going to the temple on New Year's. But I feel like shrine is uh, a good word to learn because you're if if you're ever going to go to yeah. Japan, you're going to see a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. So shrine is Oteda. Jinja is also so Jinja is more. Hold on, let me think. Let me make sure I'm not getting this mixed up. Jinja is temple, like a bigger shrine, and then uh, shrine is Oteda is sorry Oteda. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly what I said. So the shrine and temple, and then either one are fine and fair places to go for New Year's. Again, for many Japanese citizens, it's more of a uh, tradition thing as opposed to a religious thing. However, many do take it very spiritually, which I support fully, I think. And also doing so, going to pray to shrine on New Year's with friends can just be a great social experience. Um, you know, you share goals with friends. You share, um, you share kind of like a uh, beginning of... A new chapter of each other's lives with people that you feel close with and you're going to share that chapter with so i think that's something that's kind of uh it has some sort of value i think mm -hmm. within you strengthening value anyway words uh happy new year's is shinen i said that new year's is shinen so mm -hmm. shinen omerito and uh omerito essentially means congratulations so congratulations happy birthday. New year. yeah exactly mm. uh happy birthday is Tanjobi's birthday, Tanjobi Omedito is happy birthday. Happy New Year's is uh Shinin Omedito. So you hear the uh hear the pattern here. Yeah, it's kinda of like in uh Spanish it's just uh fleece. Like fleece oh, Navidad, yeah. fleece. Heck yeah. Uh, fleece cumpleaños. There we so. go. And uh how about you for your uh recent curriculum, Brandon? Anything you've been studying recently for Japanese? So like Honestly, this last two weeks, I've in your journey actually been studying my writing um, yes. skills more than anything. So it's oh. I, I haven't really learned too many new words or grammar this week because I've been trying mm -hmm. to crack down on my katakana and I've been starting to pick up some kanji, which is a nice, huge man. step for me. I was I was Not really intimidated, but isn't that I'm, exciting? Yeah, and I'm I'm actually <laughs> kind of having a lot of fun with kanji uh surprising i feel you i was really yeah. scared at first uh -huh. i kept pushing it off i'm like hiragana first katakana second no I feel after you. i feel like i mastered those then i'll go to kanji but i i'm i don't know i'm just tired of waiting so yeah i get that no it feels like just such a huge beast to take on but um, it is I, I think it's fun i think the second you don't look at it as like i need to be able to read two thousand of these and then you look at it like this is a character that has evolved. I think it's actually like five hundred thousand in total, right? Two thousand is oh, just what's. Needed. Oh no, there are fifty thousand. Uh, yeah, there are upwards of fifty thousand at least. Fifty thousand. Yeah. Two thousand is essentially what the <laughs> average citizen can. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, the difference between fifty thousand and five hundred thousand kanji that I can read is makes no difference. <laughs> <laughs> it makes no difference. Yeah, I don't want to get past ten thousand. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the same I'll past be lucky 2, if I get to two thousand in my lifetime. Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, I would be, 
I would be very interested to, to talk um, to historians in Japan, to people that have studied kanji, to see what level of kanji they think they have mastered. Because there are simplified versions, there are traditional kanji, and there's there's a lot of them out there. And I would mm-hmm. like to talk to some people that have studied kanji in a uh, much more traditional sense. However, the point is Do you feel like that... even elderly people born and raised in Japan still are learning new kanji? Hmm. That is a good question. Like, if they studied kanji that's not commonly used, you know? So, I think... Hmm. I think the the one difference between the older generation and the new generation is that the older generation does know kanji better because they did not grow up with cell phones. And uh, Mm. using cell phones to communicate has kind of... So, for me, there's a lot of kanji I couldn't write with a pencil, but I can select it. On a, I can read it from a cell phone, and I can type it phonetically and select the character on a cell phone. Um, so I can, I can type a text in Japanese kanji, but I couldn't write it in a pencil. I hope that make, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, because mm-hmm. you need to know which order all of the strokes go yeah, into writing exactly. a kanji, and how uh-huh. many strokes go into each kanji that you're writing. Yeah, and there's kanji 100%. that have upwards of twenty strokes in them. For oh yeah, a absolutely. Word. So. so I can definitely see how the uh, easy use of, you know, using a keyboard that will translate your hiragana into kanji for you. Yeah, absolutely. Or even your romanji into kanji. Yeah, I can see how the luxury of that, um, Uh of today's technology can definitely make it. Yeah. So aside from that, I just, you know, the things I don't know, I would like to just transparently say I don't know. I have no idea if there's a the difference between generations knowing more or less kanji. However, I would say that technology, a lot of my friends say that, like, uh, they feel like they can't read a menu sometimes. Uh, I, no, scratch that. Some of my friends have said that before to me. Um, just because... It's oh, sorry, no, they, they, could, they could read a menu. Yeah, I, I misspoke. Uh, they could read a menu, but they couldn't write it out. That's what oh, I'm trying to gotcha. say. Yeah. So reading and writing are such different skills, I think, definitely, especially when it comes to writing things character by character. But it's such a... The, the point I was initially trying to get at was, I think, if you approach learning kanji, which is, you know, this vast amount of characters, uh, not as, alright, I have to get to 2,000, I have to get to this amount to read a text, just like, it's cool that I'm learning this one character that, you know, growing up as a person that has not studied kanji, I will now know this kind of like enjoying the process if that makes sense i think that will make time fly and then eventually i don't know i think there's some sort of calming element and almost like meditative in practicing this stroke order over and over again and i i think that that might be one um one upside for me over Uh you when it comes to learning kanji because i don't I'm not really forcing myself to use Japanese every single day when I'm texting people, so I don't oh, take advantage oh. of those, you know, little cheats of writing oh. to learn each kanji. Yeah. For yeah. me, I'm actually writing it down in yeah. the order of the strokes every time I'm learning a new word. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that's fantastic. I'm writing it over and over and over again until I get it right like you would in school, you know. There we go. Uh-huh. Uh, to try and memorize it, uh, but and even that. with flashcards, you know, flashcards uh-huh. are key, man. Especially oh yeah, the best. You gotta have flashcards. Three hundred percent. Um, 
But I feel like for you, you might have been spoiled a little bit with kanji when you were learning it because yeah. you had, you know, that type of technology in you know available to you, which I do too, uh -huh. but I'm not being forced to use it often yeah, where absolutely. you are. So I get mm -hmm. to take my luxurious time learning how to read and write on pen and paper like yeah. you traditionally would in school. So I will say that yeah, I think that's a doubt. little bit of an advantage that I have Heck learning yeah. kanji over you. Um and maybe one day you'll be like, wow, man, you can write way more kanji than I can. And I'll be like, yeah. No, uh -huh. yeah, there, that's a great <laughs> distinction. And I can kind of say that in, I have friends. Um, so I essentially learned Japanese. Uh, I started at zero when I came here. And then I have friends that have learned Japanese more academically. Yeah. Um, so they took four years of Japanese classes in England, in America, in Canada, whereas I learned here while speaking with friends. So my Japanese, compared to their Japanese, sounds a bit more casual, sounds a bit more natural. However, they sound more academic than I do. And uh, mm. they can essentially explain rules more than... So they have a much more academic understanding of the Japanese language, whereas my Japanese skill is... I can kind back, of com converse relaxed. a bit more. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think there are pros and cons to both, and they're not mutually exclusive. I think if you make it more... If you recognize that that is a you know, pro and a con of both learning. Method. I think it varies on your lifestyle. If you're going yeah, to live absolutely. in Japan for work, for business, and uh -huh. you're meant to sound formal and educated. Yeah, exactly. And I can see the pros of learning educationally uh -huh. uh, through a system on how to speak, read, write in Japanese. Yeah, certainly. Uh -huh. But at the same time, if you're, if you live in Japan and you're okay with just living your life, doing your thing and, yeah, certainly. you know, just hanging out with your close group of friends That's is exactly more than, it working your butt off at home every day that you clock uh -huh. out on your yeah. spare time, then yeah, I don't see what the problem is. Mm, very much pros and cons to both. And I think more so than English um, in Japanese, grammatically, there's a very big difference from casual Japanese and uh, the grammar that's used in formal Japanese. So mm -hmm. I think the fact that you recognize the differences that come out of two different learning processes, you can adjust and uh, like make compensations. So after I kind of made that realization, I do now make kind of a conscious effort to every once in a while practice more formal Japanese or every once in a while even study more formal kanji because I am still studying Japanese almost daily uh, without a doubt. So now I do make a more of a push to study more formal Japanese, which I yeah, am and I'm sure I'm not enjoying. Uh, but. I'm sure being around your friends, you're used to saying domo instead of uh, arigato for yeah, yeah. You know, uh -huh. thank you. And uh, it's even probably the same whenever you're at like a grocery store, but... Yeah. It, but is probably something that is way more formal and that you don't use around your friends but it's something mm. you want to use around people you meet for the first time yeah so absolutely you definitely need to practice the formal a little bit more as well uh -huh. in some cases especially if you're moving there for the first time you don't know anyone and you want to be polite yes and, well true um, uh -huh. especially if you're going to start working there and you have uh, superiors um, you know that are asking you to do things you want to be able to respond yeah. properly mm -hmm. without seeming uh, rude or just uh, overly American <laughs> uh -huh. right yeah absolutely or as I've learned recently even like a new friend that's slightly older than you or could possibly be your peer too like mm -hmm. there are several different ways of saying uh, thank you even so the most formal one of the most formal is domo arigato gozaimasu mm -hmm. or domo gozaimashita, which you said essentially. And then arigato gozaimasu, arigato. And then it goes down to uh, azas, azumaru, which is only using kansai. 
And then uh, even thank you, which is like thank you, but then they just make it like that, which is one of the lowest forms of saying thank you. Actually, mm-hmm. not lowest, like lowest on the scale of formal to Formality. Yeah. Yeah. So if I said that to like uh, any sort of client or something, it would probably not be good. So Come just off, kind of that. rude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then again, saying like domo regato uh like the very formal kind when it's not needed, could come off as being kind of cold and distant. Yeah. Like, um, like you don't really feel like you've made a connection with them at all. Well, I know it's definitely sense. something uh, that's very common in Japanese culture too, that people are going to ask you what your age is because, and yeah. you'll be confused by it at first. I know that you will uh-huh. be confused. Why is everyone asking me how old I am? And you'll find out that it's a formality thing. Uh, if they are older than you, then they um, it, culturally was raised to, uh, to have everyone that's younger than them, treat them with a little bit more respect because of their age. And they Uh will treat you with more respect if they find out that you are older than them. Yeah. Oh, 300%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, that is something that I think honestly was a bit more hard for me to get accustomed to than the language. Uh, Again, I take it for granted that I had daily classes here. But um, even when I considered myself conversationally fluent, I made so many social... Uh, I think, like, slip-ups and stuff like that, that I kind of still sometimes cringe and look upon, uh, cringe when I look back upon, even if it's something as small as using the different, the wrong grammar for the wrong situation. Yeah, but and you didn't know any always, better. No, exactly, yeah. And people knew that. People were always, like, very um, patient and respectful. And I never had any, like, bad, like, f- feedback off of that. I think the fact that you are mm-hmm. a foreigner, that you're yeah. a legend... And uh-huh. uh, you're even expressing that you have an interest and you're practicing learning their language. They have yeah, an uh-huh. utmost respect that you're even attempting it, regardless of what formality you speak in, because mm-hmm. they just know that you're only speaking what you know. And yeah, they're willing uh-huh. to be patient with you and understand that it might have seemed rude if you were someone born mm-hmm. and raised there, but. The fact that you're a gaijin, they're going to look at you and understand uh-huh. oh, he's learning. He might not I know so. the formalities, you know. And yeah, it could be the case. I'm sure some people might be different. I'm sure there's older people who are oh, a yeah, more certainly. serious about the formality situation. Uh-huh. But um, I yeah. do think that especially people our age or within our age group or younger, they're a lot more understanding Oh, absolutely. Uh, about foreigners. So Yeah, and whenever I was welcomed inside of a new social circle... Uh, I did try to preface many conversations with like I'm not familiar I'm not too familiar with uh, how this situation works. Uh, please correct me if I make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So just trying just to make be it, mindful, put it out there. Be respectful. Yeah, exactly. Put it out there that I am open. Like I'm I'm trying to be uh, flexible. Trying to be uh, you know malleable. I'm not trying to be uh, assertive with how I feel. I feel like sense. I feel like um, if I was to ever move to any country um especially since i'm american and most countries frown upon uh the american uh, just uh outrageous culture of (laughs) me 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 you know i've 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 lived with many foreigners from all over the world in my days of travel and Uh um they've discussed and expressed their feelings about americans and how they think most americans are idiots which i understand uh but at the same time, uh, it'd be no different for me going to Japan as it would be for me to visit any other country. 
Uh-huh. Um, it would be no, and I think of it this way: uh, How would you act in front of your grandmother? You know, I love that sentiment. Yeah. How would you act in front of your grandmother mm-hmm. and try to show that type of respect, not only to that person that you don't know, but also mm-hmm. towards their culture and what they wish to show you and teach you while you're there? That's um, fantastic. Actually, that's a phenomenal mindset to have. Probably mm-hmm. doesn't depending on your relationship with your grandmother. Definitely. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, obviously, but, <laughs> but yeah, but definitely, uh, that's a fantastic way of putting that into perspective. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, you hear the phrase, you wouldn't kiss your mother with that mouth, you know, but that some people, sense, yeah. some people don't think of it that way. So I think to myself, you wouldn't kiss your grandmother with that mouth, you know? Yeah, no, true enough. Uh huh. And then when I've, you know, when I've approached people with that mentality, that's when I get the closest with groups of friends and that's mm-hmm. when, you know, we get... Once you get close with people here, it's the same as being close with someone from any culture. I'm sure just you get wild with each other and, you know, no holding back. Yeah. So that's fair. And I try to um, I try to touch upon that in some of my, my uh, TikTok to videos, but it's hard to really get into it within a one minute segment. So that's why I'm so thankful for these uh, longer sessions to talk about culture in depth and the process of learning and the process of uh, kind of, I guess, uh, absorbing a new culture and a new language within that within that culture i'd say yeah and it's very easy living somewhere new and uh forgetting about the opportunities that you're seeing every day because yeah used to it uh it's uh because i i know exactly what that's like when you live on a ski resort for instance you Uh live where people vacation but you but for you you're just going to work and you don't care <laughs> you know like right, no i, t- I took advantage sense. of where i was all the time and forgot where i was all the time no and, joke. um but the thing is is i could st- i would stop when i was having a bad day go outside take a deep breath look at the mountains and remember where i was and that's such a good point it's not that bad yeah you know and yeah um, exactly there are things that i experienced today that i would have never experienced where i came from and i should i love remember that and it, right. it does take uh, it, it. No matter how busy you are in life, just take a moment and stop sometimes, and just three hundred percent look so, around you. That, yeah, that's so true. And the same go. Yeah, if you're traveling to anywhere, um, even if you do make mistakes traveling within the culture, within the language, just enjoy your trip. I don't yeah. think anyone will take it as hard on you as you take it on yourself for the most part. And, yeah, uh, and you're never going to see that person ever again in most cases. You know, whoever it is that you offended on the subway. So, Could be the case. It's your. Yeah. You don't know. Learn from mistakes. You, you didn't. And... You didn't know as an American that you weren't supposed to use your cell phone on the subway or talk on the phone while you're on the subway. You're not from there Japan. You, you don't understand that. Everyone looked at yeah. you uh-huh. and mean mugged you, and you didn't know why. Well, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You're on vacation. Uh, you're never going to see those people again. Just uh, yeah. Live, love, go. and learn. <laughs> Heck yeah! Exactly. Well, we got philosophical there at the, the end. Three hundred percent, right? Yeah. Anyway. I think that basically basically wraps it up with uh, definitely language with a touch of culture uh, assimilation there. And I think that basically wraps it up for season one, episode six of the Travel Japan with West Mather podcast. And thank you again for everything, Brandon. Uh, mm-hmm. This is, has been a great end of the year together. And I'm excited for what um, 2021 has to bring for our show. We get a whole year together, 2021, Wes. That's right. Coming up, hopefully some uh, <laughs> some more COVID-free news, which would be fantastic. And uh, if you guys don't know, you can email us with any sort of uh, 
stories, questions, comments on our podcast or about travel in general uh, at podcast at westmathur at westmathur.com. That's podcast at w e s m a t h u as an umbrella r dot com. And uh, please feel free to also reach out uh, through our Discord server. That would be um, our recently partnership to Discord server, that, which is uh, West Mather Travel Japan, and that can be searched on Discord. And we will come up if you even type in Japan, we will come up with the third, uh, the third option. So we're excited about that, without a doubt. And um, yeah, thanks, thank you all. Thank you all for listening. Please feel free to reach out on any platform and have the very best New Year's Eve. Have the very best New Year's Day and happy 2021, you guys.